Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. We're in Joshua 24 now. And uh, Joshua is going to take the leaders to Shechem. And Shechem is an important location because that's where God promised Abraham that he would give his descendants the promised land, which they now are in. And they have distributed the land out and everybody has their portions. And Abraham had built an altar there in Genesis 12. Later on, Jacob stopped at Shechem also in Genesis 35. And back in Joshua 8, we saw that after the Israelites finished that first, that first phase of conquering the land, that Joshua built an altar there as well. And they had set up stone pillars there that had the law of God inscribed upon them as a witness. So the people would walk by these unnaturally vertical stones. What is that? And get people to go look at it. Oh, there, there's the law written on that. That was kind of the point to catch people's attention on that, right? And so Joshua had good reason to bring them back to Shechem again. This is where it all started. And this is where we come back to remember, wow, look how far we've come. This is where the promise first came down. And so now they're at Shechem, and the stone pillars are still going to be there. Those same pillars, that, that memorial are still there after all these years. And it would remind them of everything that God had done for them and what He expects of them going forward, which is why he brings them here to this point. Joshua 24 and 1, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterward, I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. And they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand, that you might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel, and sent and, sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he continued to bless you. 
So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. That sounds like a good deal to me. (laughs) He gave me every bit of it, I'd be thinking. Now, if you ever want to give somebody the condensed version of God bringing out the Israelites from slavery of Egypt, that this is it. This is the the slam down, get it done version right here, real quick. And this big move now here, the saving of the Israelites was all founded upon covenant. Covenant. Prophesied covenant. Prophecy is immensely important in Christianity and understanding God's word. God makes lots of promises, and through time he he delivers on them and he fulfills them. He made a covenant with Abraham way back before the time of Joshua saying, I will give this land to your descendants. Now look at all the circumstances they went through that looked impossible to get to this point, yet here they are. And he's saying, look at all those things that's happened. We, he's, he's trying to get people to understand God said he'd do it, and look at all the things he did. You didn't do it. He did it. Trust in God in, the, in covenant. I want you to notice how many times the Lord says, I through this passage. I I, I noticed a few. I took your father Abraham. I gave to you. I sent Moses. I brought you out. I plagued Egypt. I destroyed them. I delivered you. I have given you. The Lord did every bit of it. He's telling him, you didn't do this. Yeah, I can see some people strutting around. Look at me. I'm the Israelite. We conquered all these guys. Yeah, we're cool. No, you didn't do that. God did that. Don't take his glory. And so the Lord did it all. The Israelites didn't even have to plant the vineyards that they got. They're eating these nice grapes and having good wine. They, they didn't plant that. It was there when they got there. And if you remember, we had read in Ecclesiastes 2, God makes selfish people who won't serve him. He turns them into collectors. What that means is they have this drive for wealth and greed. He uses that wealth and greed as they accumulate all this money, and he makes them give it to God's people. It happens. He makes them fork it over to the, God, to the godly people that will use it right. Now, don't you worry about all these sinful people out there with rolling in these millions of, bu- of dollars. Don't worry about that. God's making them collectors, and they're going to have, have to hand it over to somebody somewhere at some point in time. That's in Ecclesiastes 2, says that. And so Joshua has the Israelites here at Shechem. He's, he's having them remember where they came from. And all these collectors that dwelt in the land before they got there, planted these vineyards, built these cities, did all this stuff for Israel to just come right in and just take it. You want to live a life like that? You want to know how God provides for you? Don't get greedy with what you're trying to accumulate for you. Look to what God's going to give you. He's got people out there already doing that collection work. They are there in the land with all this good stuff, and they didn't have to work for a bit of it. How nice. God provides for his people. Don't worry about where that rent check's coming from. You get down on your knees, and you praise God, and you pray for it, and you thank him for what he's going to do in your life. He'll take care of it. 
And so he has them here at Shechem before the stone pillars to remind them of what terrible circumstances they came out of so they can see how good God has given things to them. It's so good, isn't it? Man, that's great. Joshua 24 and 14. After showing them all this, he says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father serves that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A lot of people know this passage here. It's a very popular one. Now, I think it was good of Joshua to bring them here to this memorial and remind them of God's deliverance and then put them to a decision. You now stand at a decision. You're going to decide one way or the other. Some people say, Ray, that's not right. You shouldn't push people like that. Look what Joshua's doing. You got to make a decision today, he's saying. Which way are you going to go? It's, it's, it, it, today, you're, you're choosing one way or another. A not right now is a no. I'll, I'll get back to you later is a no. He's saying you have to serve God. I'm going to do it. Me and my house is going to do it. But you need to make a decision, too, is what he's putting them to. But he's reminding them of God's deliverance, though, because look what God took you out of. Why are you taking your time? Well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I'll get around. You realize what God has given to you, and you're going to take your time on this? <laughs> Joshua, I love you, man. I can't wait to get to heaven. Sit down on with, with Joshua. Hey, dude, I read what you did in 24. That was cool, man. We're going to have a little discussion. <laughs> but I don't see this as being pushy. I see this as being firm and trying to get it through to people. You got to start following the Lord sometime. It might as well be right now. There's so much that rides on Israel's safety. And if they don't follow the Lord, they're going to be handed over to their enemy. It's already, we've already seen it in past chapters. Joshua put them to a choice, serve other gods or the God of Israel, which indicates you cannot serve both. You can't do both. It just doesn't work. But how bold of Joshua, though, to say this, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord to make such a bold stance before he even knew what the majority was going to think about that or not. He didn't try to get a feel. Is the majority leaning with me or not? Does everybody seem to be in agreement with me before I make this stance? No, he didn't care. He said, I'm serving the Lord, even if all of y'all don't. That's a bold statement. Especially to make in this world today, when everybody's against the Lord, against God, you're going to be that one guy that you don't care to hear the majority consensus before you tell everybody, I'm serving God whether you want to or not. Big statement from him. Typically, people wait to see what everybody else is going to do first so they can run with the crowd because it's easier. Joshua didn't do that. A bold leader like Joshua who loves God, he has to make his position known up front before the majority population has a chance to form itself. Oh, let's see what we all think we all want to do first. Leaders don't wait for that. Leaders say, I'm following the God, I'm the God of Israel. Get behind me. Come on, join with me. Follow. Let's go together. We need leaders like Joshua who are willing to stick their neck out. And they're not going to wait to hear everybody else first. But bold believers who will say to the masses, we will serve the Lord. That's leadership. That's leadership displayed in Joshua. That will encourage others to follow before the majority has a chance to corrupt everyone else's thinking. You ever notice the majority has a way of doing that? 
Somebody might be teetering. Well, I think I might. Well, then the majority kicks up and they're like, well, I guess I better run with the crowd. Don't let that happen. You got people around you who might be kind of on the edge. Show them, I go this way. I serve the Lord. I follow God. And they'll go, yes. And they'll get behind you. Then you can help lead them and inspire them. I think that's what Josh was trying to do here. Be public about your commitment to the Lord. While at the same time, reject popular trends. Reject the popular trends. Popular thinking. Political correctness, may it die a quick death. I don't think it's going to, but it's poisoning our nation. It's very ungodly stuff. We need to demonstrate what uncompromising dedication to God looks like. And that's what Joshua just did in front of Israel. He said, I'm going this way. Me and my house, we are. You need to come with with me. Wow. Bold statement. Joshua 24 and 16. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from where before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. Now, I don't know if you picked up on this, what just happened here. They're just repeating what they just heard. He just gave them the whole story, and they're, they're just coughing it back up. Have you ever had people that tell you what you want to hear? You ever have that, and you can kind of tell that they're doing it? Doesn't that just drive you nuts? it drives me crazy. They're telling me what I want to hear. They get all spiritual. Oh, yes, yes. The Lord did this in my life. And then you go look on Facebook and you're like, that's not what you were telling me the other day. You know, they're telling him what they're telling Joshua, what he wants to hear. They're not being real with him. And I think Joshua knows it. It's like Joshua had just told them he's dying soon. He told them recently, I'm about to go the way of the earth. And I can imagine there's some thoughts going on. Well, Josh was dying soon. It ain't going to matter when he's gone anyway. Tell him what he wants to hear. He's going to be gone. We'll go back to life as normal. Look what he does. Joshua 24 and 19. But, big word right there. Joshua ain't falling for this, okay? But, Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, he said, now watch this. He says, put away the foreign gods which are among you. Joshua knows something's going on, doesn't he? Now, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Joshua ain't no dummy. (laughs) He knows what's going on. I think God gave him that. You can tell that Joshua was not very enthused with their... Their boost, their their burst of expression. Oh yes, we'll do it. Yeah, we got. Joshua's like, oh yeah, yeah, baloney. I can I can see between the lines here. Oh, there we're witnesses. We're witnesses. Joshua, put away the gods that are among you. Oof. Like, dude, Joshua, I just told you I'm I'm with it, man. 
You dissing me, man? Put away the gods which are among you. They're hiding something in their back pocket. Joshua detected their insincerity, and I think God gave them the ability to do it. Notice how after they agree, he immediately hit them, like I showed you. Put away the foreign gods which are among you. Incline your heart to the God of Israel. He's not having this. He's trying to get real with the people. They're telling him what he wants to hear, and he's like, no, I'm telling you, you need to get these gods gone. Joshua's time is short, and he's about to die. He has got to get the people on track with God and fast. He doesn't have much time left. He knows that they have false gods hidden away, and he's kind of given them the opportunity here to cough it up. You know, It's like, now's your chance to say something. God's given you a chance to repent here. Joshua knows they're telling him what he wants to hear, because in verse 19, he said, you can't serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. You can't do this and serve God. He's holy. He knows what you're doing. And the people had just said in verse 18, yep, we'll do it. He's our God. And Joshua immediately said, you can't serve him. He's our God. He's our God. You can't serve him. Now, why would he say that? Right after they said, yes, he's our God. You can't serve him. Because he knows there's something in the camp. He knows there's something there that should not be there. Did anybody find it odd when Joshua said that God will not forgive your sins? Anybody find that odd? Did you see that? He said it. God's not going to forgive your sins, your transgressions. Because the thought we always have is, well, God always forgives sins. He he told them he's not going to forgive your sins. Why would he say such a thing as that? Because they're hiding something and he knows it. God's not going to forgive your sins. Got that little back pocket, little sin back here. He don't know he's going to die soon anyway. God's not going to forgive you, man. Would you like to be here in this moment? Well, guess what? We are, because we're reading it. (laughs) We're reading it, so we might as well be in it. He said in verse 19, He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then He will turn and do you harm and consume you after He has done you good. Oh my goodness, it gets deeper by the minute. In other words, just because you got to the promised land and you've got it all nice and dandy, don't think that means you're untouchable now. You're here in the promised land. God said he'd get us here. Here we are. All right, let's party. Uh Uh-uh. No, doesn't work like that. Don't take advantage of God's goodness to turn it into a sin license because he will harm you after he has done you good. You know, there's people that insist, well, I'm saved, I'm saved. I'm under the covenant of eternal life salvation, and they go and sin like the devil, they're doing this. They're taking advantage of God's goodness, and he'll harm them even after he's done them good. If they transgress, and that's a bad way to be. This is a non-sin license issue here. Now, I preach sealed salvation, and I always do, because I believe once you're saved, you stay saved. It's a promise, but there is in no sense about it. There's no tone at all that indicates that that is a sin license that you can go and party yourself away. That's not what sealed salvation means. So I just want everybody to hear this because that's, that's the way I preach the word and that you must stick close to the Lord God and obey him anyway. He just got the people the promised land. He said, I promise to get you there. They're here. And now they're taking it like, ah, we can do what we want to now. No, you can't. <laughs> Still got to obey. Joshua holds them to be witnesses. And maybe now they're starting to mean it this time. Maybe now they're starting to sink in. Basically, Joshua is saying, all of you heard each other say, 
that you're going to serve God. So I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold all of you to it. Joshua just made everybody accountable with each other. Everybody that was all saying, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. He goes, all right, you're all witnesses now. He's basically saying, if you see Joe Bob doing something that Jim Bob knows Joe Bob ought to not be doing, you go make him accountable because you're witnesses to each other. That's what Josh was doing here. Put away the foreign gods. He knows there's something up. Put away the foreign gods, which are, which might be, no, that's not what he said. He said the foreign gods that are among you. He goes, I know they're there. Put them away. Mm. Joshua knows something up, and he's putting pressure on to get whoever it is to crack and repent. Somebody is going to crack and repent and cough it up. You remember how it went down with Achan? I'll always bring up Achan all the time. Achan tried to hide that sin, and he buried that stuff that he wasn't supposed to have in, in his tent. And God literally called Achan out directly and publicly, and they dragged him right clean out in front of everybody. And he would not repent, and they had to kill him. They had to get, get him out, because he was evil. He was going to do a bunch of mess. God was going to hand Israel over to the enemy. There, were, there was already 36 men died because of Achan, and now he wouldn't repent. They had to put him out. God dragged him out in front of everyone, public. Now, this time, though, God's not calling anybody out like this. I see patience in this. God is giving people an opportunity to let this soak. This pressure from Joshua is going to soak in, and somebody's going to go, oh, man, i got to get that out of my pocket. i got to throw it away. I guess I better do it. Man, I'm going to be in trouble if I don't. Can you see what's working on these people? The people listening to Joshua, can you feel the pressure? It's mounting, isn't it? This is convicting stuff, guys. Wow. So God's not calling people out this time, but he did have Joshua give the people a very stern a fair opportunity to come forward and repent on their own. But also with a stern warning that God will harm them. He will harm them, he said, if they don't get right. Right Now you're really going off in left field. No, I'm not, because I'm just saying what the Bible says. God doing harm to someone, that's a tough pill for some people to swallow. That really is. I want to show you Isaiah 45 and 7. You will not hear this from prosperity preachers. God says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. The reason he had to spell it out like that for us is because we just won't believe he does it. Whenever a bad thing happens, oh, certainly it wasn't God did that. Well, maybe it was. No, because God doesn't do that. Yes, he does. I, the Lord, do these things. Now that forces you to look at yourself. What have I got hiding in my back pocket? Maybe I'm the one that messed up. When we fall away to serve other gods, God will harm us. Even after he's done you good. Oh, but God's blessed me, Ray. God's blessed me. He blessed Israel here. And he told him, if you don't get right, God will harm you after he did you good. Well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, but what are you doing wrong now? God will harm us to snap us out of it. To stop following those bad, false gods that we've been hiding trying to hide it away from the pastor, trying to hide it away from the congregation, thinking you got it so well hidden. But guess what? God has a way of digging it out. Oh, aren't you glad you came to church this morning? <laughs> Matthew 15 and 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.